Welcome in on episode 98 in the KIPPS podcast. My name is Tyler Valencia. I'm the president of KIPPS and Time to Train Fitness. I got a topic here that I'm pretty jazzed about. I think it's a pretty good one. With the time that I'm recording this, it's almost 2024, and all of us within the health, wellness, fitness industry, we're looking for new opportunities to grow our businesses, grow our client list, and the topic that I'm going to be talking about is training audiences outside your comfort zone. So let me give a little bit of a preface here. Now, at times while you're in your career, there might be an opportunity that pops up. Hey, do you want to train my uh, my son or daughter that's an XYZ athlete? Or hey, would you be interested in teaching this class? And it might be a class that's outside of your educational background, your experience. And you're looking at it like, oh man, yeah, I want that money. Most instructors, entry little level instructors, or even veteran instructors, they're always looking to grow their audience, grow their base. And these opportunities pop up because it might be because who you know, a friend, family member, someone in the gym, and you might be put in this spot where you're like, um, I want it. I'm just unsure because you're told, oh, no, you need to have XYZ certification or you need XYZ experience when you might have a little bit of knowledge in the area. You might not know the specifics of it. And that's one of going to be one of the last things that I talk about, the educational and the experience, that portion of it. But I just want to give a little uh, preview of what's in this episode now. With this topic, I would say that I have a little bit of experience in my time within working in gyms or running my own business. There's been times when I've worked with athletes or different sports teams that are maybe outside of my typical, um, uh, I will say comfort zone because that's in the title of this episode. My educational background, though, is my master, master's is in uh, my my uh, my uh, concentration is in sport performance. But um, with working with specific types of athletes, I think that that's where I'm going to pull from with it, that pulling from, and that's going to be the first one I talk about with research of it, that's going to be where I'm going to try to pull from. And another example that I could say is maybe I don't really work with potentially uh, the active aging population, but that's another one where you have the knowledge, you know what's good for this audience, and that's where you can kind of pull from. And I'm not saying right off the bat that, okay, yeah, you should right, you should take that opportunity, you should take that job, uh, but I will say that you should give us some thought. That's kind of going to be my outlook moving forward in this episode. I think that, like I mentioned in the opening of this, entry-level instructors you're looking to grow your career. You're looking to find what's my niche, what's a way to really grow in this area. And you might take this opportunity to really expand on it. I've worked in gyms where the a instructor or a trainer, personal trainer gets known for training one type of athlete or working with athletes. But then when you hear about their educational background, it's 100% not what you're told <laughs> when you just start off. When you just start off, you're being told, oh, you need to have all these special credentials. You need to have X, Y, Z. And yet you get into the field and you see these trainers that are doing well for themselves, working with high level athletes or one specific area. And you're like, oh, wow, that's not what I've been told this whole time. And I want to get those opportunities. So um, entry level instructors, if you're listening to this, I would say that it's really a, a good 
a good time to uh, rethink your approach to some of these areas. Let me get to the first area that we're gonna talk about, and that's the research, researching the audience. And I do wanna put out there that I'm gonna be talking about athletes at some point, but if you work or potentially wanna work with the 55 plus, or even another example that, like I mentioned, that it could be taking on a new class, new class time or new class, those are examples that you just gotta swap those in while you're listening to this episode okay so research the audience would be the first step if you are on that in the process of okay i I am gonna i'm gonna do this i want to put both feet in i really want to give it my best effort research the audience whether it is the 55 plus whether it is athletes how do they move or even uh somebody in their normal life their normal career how do they move because of course you want them to move better walk better perform their job better how do they move? What are those muscle groups? What are the demands of the job? What are the physiological demands of the job? What is that sport? What does it primarily do? And the last piece to really think about is also how has research evolved in that space? When you think about the 55 plus the active aging population, it used to be, okay, we want to do seated, low impact. We don't want too much strain. But as research has evolved, okay, we do almost, we train them very similar to athletes, but in modified circumstances. You do put uh, exercises and drills that are not, um, we'll say premeditated, that are almost like agility drills where they are having to uh, adjust their bodies, move their bodies in ways that uh, are not pre-planned. Those are all things that have evolved over time and how strength training is important. Just this last week, an individual that I know that's in the 55 plus was like, oh, should I be doing weights? But I'm worried that I'm going to be gaining weight. And you're, and myself, being in this industry for, uh, I think, about 15 years, I, I literally was just like, um, I was shocked thinking that still is around that people think that doing weights or even gaining weight is bad for them when they're in the 55 plus audience. Come on. You you should have been you should have started this yesterday, and and the, and the benefits of it. Another one that I've always liked is how track athletes shouldn't be doing weights. I ran track in high school. I knew track athletes in college, and I've worked with track athletes. And I remember coach or these individuals that are at universities, high level universities, D one universities, and they're being told, "Oh, my track coach doesn't. He thinks weights are going to make us slow." Really weights are going to make you slow. I just saw recently a a tweet from an individual or a professor of mine during my graduate program that uh, he is the strength and conditioning coach for the New Orleans Saints. And he was presenting some data and his outlook on increasing speed. And I think his final or his big takeaway was how yeah, you can do as many sprints as you want and as many drills as you want. But it's strength training that is an increase the speed of your athletes. And just this was in the last, I'm trying to think back now, last 20 years that I've heard people talk about this, about track and weights. And that's why I say research has evolved and you should look at those types of things in order to put out a 
a program for whatever audience is in it. And even just thinking about an athlete or an individual, how they move, that will give you so much information in terms of how you should prepare for your sessions with them. If you're in the market for adjustable dumbbells or at-home workout equipment, check out Core Home Fitness at the link in the description. From adjustable dumbbells, multi-function benches, and all-in-one options, they got it all. I personally have their adjustable dumbbells and the glute drive that also works as a bench and would recommend them to anyone building their home gym or looking for easy adjustable options. The dumbbells, they easily adjust from five pounds to 50 pounds just by turning the handle and lock in for your safety. Grab yourself a pair and see for yourself how easy they can fit into your fitness program. If you've been a fan of this podcast, you know that before end of each episode, you're going to hear a promotion for the Naboso Duo insoles. I've been using them for probably a year and a half, and I personally think they're game changers. I think everybody should get them, try them out, see what you think. And personally, I've talked about how I used to have foot pain just from sitting at a desk and then trying to be active, trying to go work out and not really being able to fully maximize it. So I always try to throw it out there for individuals to just try them out, see what you think, utilize them in your day-to-day and hopefully improve your overall activity level. That's the key right there, activity level. So check them out. There's a link in the description for the Naboso insoles. They have a variety of them to check out, different accessories. Check them all out, see what you think and hopefully come back and let us know that they've really helped out with your activity level. Let's get back to the episode. Now, taking this to the next step, you should be evolving and continuing to learn about your group individual. That first week, that first couple weeks that you're working with an individual, with an audience, you might be thinking, oh, this exercise is not appropriate, and this might be on the spot. Or this might be after your first session, you might think, okay, I plan too much or I plan some exercise that I don't think are really going to benefit them. Or maybe they're not even ready for it. You might be planning these exercises, drills, and they might be fumbling through them. And you're like, okay, I think I need to modify these uh, so that they can perform. And maybe it's the other way that they are. They do have a background or they have worked with coaches before. And those are really things that you pick up within that those first couple of weeks and most likely in the first session, you could see if somebody's worked with some type of instructor because they have some good movement patterns. Most people that I will say that you work with, you will be able to see right off the bat, wow, they don't really move that great. Or, oh, wow, this athlete is not really good at the fundamentals. But then you get an athlete that has had a a strength coach or you work with an individual that has had a a personal trainer and you're like, okay, wow, you're pretty good at all these exercises because they, they know the fundamentals. They might know, not know the why behind them, but they know the exercises and they know uh, how to perform the basics of them. So adapting during those first couple of sessions can really teach you a lot of how to keep growing yourself. Of course, you're trying to grow the programming, but grow yourself because you don't want to be in a position after a month, two months where they're kind of thinking, okay, maybe you weren't ready for this opportunity or, or maybe they think that, okay, this isn't really helping me. You can yourself, if they see you adapting, growing, bringing new information to them to improve the programming, they will see those things. And all of a sudden you're going to get this opportunity that pops up again. That's going to be, Hey, I have this, uh, this friend that they're, they just like me, they want to get better at 
XYZ sport, or I have this other uh, friend of mine that's in the 55 plus community and they uh, are really, they've seen all my, my, my growth in these, these past few sessions and they want, they want to do sessions as well, or there's a new class coming up. You've done such a good job. Why don't you, do you want to take this class too? Those opportunities pop up a lot. I can tell you that with, uh, if, with working as a group exercise instructor, some of the best growth I've had is because I was just that yes person that I, t- I would sub, I would help out where I can. And you get on that good side of the group X manager. And all of a sudden you get these new opportunities that pop up. Hey, there's this, you, you really got your bootcamp classes. Can you sub here? Oh, your, your background's in sport performance. You want to do these, these athletic classes that we have for our teens. Those things pop up a lot because you just start helping out, growing. And why, if you think about it from a manager perspective, why wouldn't a manager want somebody like that? If you are the person that's helping out, that's coming to the rescue for subs, why wouldn't they reward you? They want people like that in the gym. They don't want instructors like, oh, no, I'm busy or no, I don't, I don't think I can do that or don't even answer. I'm sure managers listening to this would think, oh yeah, I have a handful of instructors like that that don't help out at all. So evolve, continue learning about your group or the individuals. Now, last one here that is, uh, I think it's probably the the most controversial one that I'm going to talk about, and that's the, do you need a certain certification or educational background? Now, having the educational background with it, I think it does help. Um, I think that it gives you better foundation, but like I said before, I have worked in very big gyms that there are instructors there that do not, do not have even close to the educational background that has been told, that's been prescribed, that's been said that you have to have these to work with these specific groups. And they oftentimes are, are the instructor that's known for working with these special populations. So I will say that you, there is ways to do it. And I think following some of the tips before can help you get there. So where do you go then? I would say, does the job require it? Does the job require that you have a internship or experience or educate or certain certification? Then that would be where you consider it because Let's go to a group exercise example here that if they are requiring that you have a certain certification in order to teach a certain class, that would be where I would say, yeah, okay, that might be worth the investment. But I would say the flip side of it, think about, is this going to be worth the investment? Is it going to pay off? And what if they then require the experience? Because I feel like that's the spot that a lot of instructors find themselves in is that they have the educational background they have this special certification but yet they're not given the opportunities to teach or they have to try out at multiple gyms and it's a struggle because there's a lot of people that are already have it or they're already working in that area and with that case i would say that you have to try to get on a sub list to hopefully work into it and and you get your shot in there just like eminem but does the job require it think about that first because you might be able to save some time, or maybe you can take a class to get some reps, to learn about it, things along the nature, do your research, all kind of stuff right there. I would say on the other side of it too, lots of independent facility owners won't go in that realm. They won't require the educational background or 
X amount of hours and in internships. I think that those areas, the, the that's probably more in the athletic background, working with athletes where they require you to have a CSCS or the other one was CSSD, something like that. Um, I don't really work in that realm, so I apologize uh, that I don't know what that second one that's very similar to the CSCS. But with independent facility owners, they might just take you. If you just have maybe a bachelor's and they'll give you the experience and you see a lot of coaches that own these facilities that will say, yeah, I would much rather take someone that I've taught the reps, given the experience to because they know how and why we do things a certain way. And I think that uh, those can be great opportunities for those that are trying to get into a certain space. And that's a kind of a good segue here to uh, summarize everything that there are different ways to get to different points in this industry. You don't always have to. And I know that it's kind of um, coincidental that I'm saying this since this is from Kips and we, we are an educational company, but there's different ways to get there. And you don't necessarily always need that educational certification, that piece of paper that uh, says you are or you are credentialed or that you are able to teach a certain one. There's so many things that go into that. And that's one of the unique parts of our industry. Now, I would love to hear from other instructors out there what they think on this topic, because like I said, this is a, a episode that can hopefully help instructors that they're trying to get those opportunities, grow their client list, grow their careers. And there might be other veteran instructors out there that already have gone into that or followed a certain route that's not what they were told. And sharing that information only helps the industry, in my opinion. So if you are one of those, please feel free to drop it in a comment on one of the social media platforms and hopefully somebody out there will read it and get something from it. Again, my name is Tyler Valencia. I'm the president of Gips and thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you next one.